Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys. Welcome to another edition of the Agent Investor Weekly Tuesday at 11 a.m. live stream. Today isn't going to be probably the most exciting topic. In fact, um, we just had our leadership meeting. We have a leadership meeting once a week in our company. And um, the focus of it wasn't necessarily how do we have this crazy, unbelievable 2023. And, and typically that is the type of talk that we have. Hey, how do we knock the ball, ball out of the park? How do we dominate? How do we be the absolute best? How do we make as much money as we possibly can? Um, our entire focus this morning was more on survival and building systems and processes for what we're pretty confident is going to be a challenging 2023. Uh, I've been in the real estate business for 18 years now, and I think this is going to be the most challenging year for not only investors, not only agents, but companies all across the board. And with saying this, uh, there are going to be incredible opportunities. There are going to be a lot of changes that are going to be beneficial for both agents and investors alike. But 2023 definitely needs to be the year where we never forget the Warren Buffett quote. And the Warren Buffett quote, one of his most famous quotes, of course, he's one of the richest men in the world. He's one of the most successful investors, if not the most successful investor in the world. But um, he's got a rule. And the rule says, rule number one, don't lose money. And rule number two says, don't forget rule number one. So as the economic environment is shifting, and shift is kind of a, an overused word. It's the appropriate word, but it's a little bit of an overused word. Um, we're seeing big changes right now. We're seeing big changes uh, mainly on the buyer demand side. So buyer demand, I mean, buyer demand has always been strong, really, since I've I've been in the industry. Um, you know, outside of the 2008 to kind of 2010-ish economic collapse, once we kind of got back on solid footing, uh, buyer demand has really been strong for almost a decade now. And pre-COVID, um, you know, going back to 2019, buyer demand was very strong. But then COVID put buyer demand on a whole nother level. And, you know, I don't know this necessarily to be true for a fact, but I don't think there's ever been as much buyer demand out there um, as there was, you know, during kind of the COVID 2020 to beginning of 2022 era. That has all come to a complete screeching halt with mortgage rates now roughly about 7%. With affordability, you know, completely changed over the past just couple of months, just 90 days time, rates went from somewhere in the fives to now they're in the sevens. And um, it's unlikely that there's going to be a big change. Um, and because the economic environment has changed, Deals that were once profitable in 2020, 2021, 2022 are no longer profitable anymore. And I'm talking to people, I have a pretty big network of investors and we do a ton of deals ourselves. So I'm hearing a lot of feedback on types of deals that are no longer working in this new economic environment, right? This new, this new shift where buyer demand has completely changed. So the focus today is really on the types of investing deals that people are losing money on today. 
And, you know, a lot of times when, you know, you see people post on social media or you see a guru talk about whatever they're doing, it's almost always sunshine and rainbows. It's almost always positive stuff. And there's a reason for that. And I'm not going to get into that here. But for all of you that know me, you know, all I'm going to say is, is what the truth is. I'm going to give you what the reality of the market is. I'm going to tell you my opinion. And I'm also going to, going to give you the facts. And the facts are right now that the market has shifted. It shifted very quickly. It's probably not going to change anytime really soon. Um, in fact, um, just at our brokerage recently, we had quite a few people, quite a few agents just give up their license. And that's another thing. I've seen this uh, talked about by Tom Ferry quite a bit that when the economy shifts, when things get a little bit higher, harder, agents just drop out of the business. And again, part of that is a positive, right? So for, for the investors that are going to be able to weather the storm in 2023, for the agents that are going to weather the storm in 2023, this is all good stuff. The, the, the problem is, and, and again, we're going to talk about like the deals that are going to be challenging in the next 12 months. What we all need to be prepared for is how do we survive the next 12 months? Because there's going to be a big shakeout in companies, in agents, in investment opportunities. Once that shakeout happens, there's going to be less competition. And the new environment that's going to be created is going to be a more profitable one for us. But we need to know what are the investment opportunities that we shouldn't be taking advantage of right now? What should we be staying away for from? And that's what I want to talk about today. So I made a list of things that are losing money right now just across the board in, in investing, and I'm going to go in no particular order, just kind of down the list. So number one, the first one I'm going to talk about is wholesaling or assigning deals. Now, in order to get you know a great deal in the last few years, um, companies like mine and companies all across the United States have had to spend a lot of money generating seller leads. We've had to buy pay-per-click, buy Facebook leads, buy mailers. I've been on TV, um, putting a lot of time, effort, and energy into generating investment deals. And over the past few years, those of us who have been wholesaling deals have been able to make a ton of money. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with assigning or wholesaling a deal, my definition of assigning or wholesaling a deal is just going into a seller living room, negotiating a purchase price for that property, getting it under contract. Let's say we get it under contract for $300,000, and then we sell that contract to an end buyer who's either going to buy that property to flip or buy that property to buy and hold. We've really been in a golden era of wholesaling and assigning where there have been wholesalers and people who assign properties that have actually been making more than flippers, okay? And um, that has changed. That has come to a screeching halt. So I can give you my numbers, and of course, these are Boston-based, but it cost me about $15,000 to get one really good investment deal right now. So if I'm going to fix and flip a house, it may cost me $15,000 in mailers or in pay-per-click or in Facebook ads or whatever I'm, I'm spending money on to get that deal. Now, again, over the past couple of years, wholesalers and assigners have been able to spend that ten dollars or $15,000 and then assign deals for as much as $30,000, dollars $50,000 profits. Again, it's really been the golden age of assigning and wholesaling deals. And what I'm seeing now across the board nationwide is that people who have been assigning and wholesaling deals are losing money. Now, I want to be clear about this, just to be very exacting about this. People who assign and wholesale deals, they're not taking title to these properties. So they're not losing money because they're selling something for less than they're buying it for. They're losing money because they're spending time and money trying to get these opportunities and then they're not able to assign them anymore. So what you're going to see a lot of, and I'm seeing a lot of right now, 
are people who had a lot of success assigning and wholesaling deals. They're not finding buyers anymore, right? Because the, the buyer demand on the investment side is similar to the buyer demand on the retail side, right? Fix and flippers, some of them are being knocked out of the business because they're losing money. And some of them are being knocked out of the business because they don't want to take on the risk. So gone are the days where somebody can put a property in a contract for a very high price, go to a fix and flipper and say, hey, you know, here's an opportunity for you to make X amount of money, pay me for that deal. So you're going to see not only agents dropping out of the business, but you're also going to see people who wholesale and assign become less profitable in 2023. They're already less profitable right now. And in some cases, get completely knocked out of the business. Okay. All right. So second thing, condo conversions. Okay. This is specific to markets where you take multifamily real estate and then you convert it into condos. Now, you may be in a market where that isn't happening or it doesn't happen. But in my market, in the greater Boston market, we have these multifamily properties. They're multiple units. And then they get converted into individual condos. So if you guys are not familiar with Altos Research, A-L-T-O-S Research, I would absolutely spend the time to Google search it and follow Mike Simonson. He's um, one of the best out there when it comes to valuations and knowing where markets are going. And Altos Research puts out kind of like a heat map to say how hot a particular market is. And they show it in comparison to last, last month and last year. So one of the things that Altos Research allows you to do is it allows you to put in the zip code or the city and state. And then it'll show you how hot that market is or isn't. And also whether or not it's a buyer or seller market. Now, if you were going to put in a city, state, or a zip code in Altos Research 12 months ago, what you would have seen is that every market almost across the United States is red hot. It's a seller's market. What you're starting to see is that there are some areas in the country and some specific types of properties where they are now in a buyer's market. Condos in the city of Boston are kind of right on the border between a buyer and a seller market, pretty much neutral right now. My prediction is that that, that goes into a buyer's market. Now, I personally, we stopped doing condo conversions about a year ago because our condo conversions were becoming less and less profitable. But as of today, we actually have some condos sitting there priced not at what they should be selling for, but less than what they should be selling for that are sitting, okay? And again, if you go to Altos Research, you will see that you put in a zip code like 02128, which is East Boston, which is a market that we used to do a lot of condo conversions in, and they're sitting there. So why condo conversions are extremely dangerous now and moving forward? There are two big variables, neither of which are going to change um, or neither of which are likely to change. Okay. So number one, buyer demand. So buyer demand for condos in greater Boston are down a ton, down a ton. But then to make matters worse, construction materials and labor, you know, pushed up by inflation are up. So you have this kind of environment and it's interesting because, you know, you might think, well, I'll just get the property for a little bit less, but you also have buyer demand for multifamilies to live in there to rent fairly high. So we're in this weird bubble. And again, this is, I'm talking Boston specific. I know there are people here from other parts of the country, but <clears throat> I look at it like this, anything, any type of project right now and in the next 12 to 14 months where there is potential for the budget to go way over, 
way over, which condo conversions are that example, I would not walk away, but run away from projects like that. Okay. So condo conversions, there are, uh, I would say most condo conversions that are going to be put on the market in the next three to six months or even a year, the person who did the condo conversion is going to be losing money. Okay. So stay away. Don't, don't walk away, run away. Similar scenario with new construction. Um, another area, it, it's kind of a similar thing. Um, another area where buyer demand has dipped dramatically is higher end new construction. So higher price point, newer construction. The buyers of these types of properties are the types of people who have lost 25 or 30% in the stock market, um, whose jobs are potentially in jeopardy who are being much, much more cautious than they were 12 to 18 months ago, who have an interest rate change that matters a lot more. So there's a big difference between a purchase price of $300,000, you know, with a rate going from 5 to 7%, and a purchase price of $1.5 million, and the interest rate going from 5 to 7%. You can kind of run them on a calculator but when you do, what you'll see is that there's a much more dramatic change in the increase in the monthly payment on those higher price properties. In addition, similar to condo conversions, new construction also take a ton of time. So they've got a double whammy. And these are the types of things, again, I started out you know, talking today about the fact that 2023, is not the year for growth. It's the year for survival. It's the year to cut expenses. It's the year to be smart. It's the year to be conservative. It's the year where you know that some of your competition is going to be dropping out, whether it's agents or investors. Once we get past the point of those people dropping out, if you are the survivor in that market, you're going to be poised to have an incredible run. And I, I don't want to put dates on it because I can't, but probably likely 2024 to 2026 or 2027, right? Because when people drop out, when agents drop out of real estate, when investors drop out of real estate, they usually don't come back, you know, six months later, 12 months later. It usually takes a, a bit of time, right? Because all we're seeing right now on the news is, is negative, right? We're seeing negative everything negative economic, negative real estate, right? So that that gets ingrained in people's heads. So as this shift is happening, can, competition is going to leave the market, which is then going to be good for you, but you have to be able to survive during that time. So we've talked about why wholesaling, you know, likely is going to be really tough. I'm making very general statements, right? Of course. Um, can you wholesale and assign in 2023? Yes, but it's going to be tough to spend marketing dollars and make money. Now, if you can come across deals where you don't have to spend marketing dollars, that's different. If you're an agent and you come across investing opportunities just by going on listing appointments, that's different. So I'm talking about the people that have these as big strategies. So wholesaling and assigning going to be very challenging in the next 12 to 14 months. Condo conversions, I mean, again, I would just not run, not walk, but run. Same thing with new construction, um, walk, not run. And, and you're seeing this with the home builders, right? You're seeing home builders completely, you know, pull up. And you're seeing that in guidance that they're releasing um, for publicly trading entities. All right. Number four thing that's not going to work in 2023 are tight margin flips. Okay. So if you've flipped in the past or if you've wholesale deals in the past, there are times when either you'll do a very tight deal or you'll wholesale a deal or assign a deal to somebody on very, very tight margins. And you're like, wow, how are they doing this deal? And the interesting thing is that in the past few years, the result of that tight margin deal in general was, wow, I thought that was going to be a tight margin deal. 
that actually turned out to be a pretty good profit. So that creates this, you know, um, you know, feedback loop from the whole, you know, real estate investing economy that, hey, that deal looks tight, but I, I bet you will do a little bit better than we thought. And now that's changing, right? So the ARV, the after repair value that you thought was going to be 350 in the last few years, that turned out to be 370, 380, 390. That's awesome, right? You didn't personally do anything better. You had the wind at your back. Now that 350 ARV is 335, 320, right? So you just want to be really careful. You just want to be really careful on your tight flips. I I mean, I wouldn't do them. Um, I've lost money on deals. I've never lost money on a big spread deal. You know, interestingly enough, I always lose money on my tight margin deals where we take a chance. 2020, 2021, beginning of 2020, that was the time to take a chance. You could take a chance because you knew that you were going to get paid back on the other side. But that has changed, okay? Um, The next type of deal that I would try to stay away from, try as best you can. Again, there's exceptions to every rules, but these are the types of deals that people are losing money on are deals where there are septic systems involved. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a septic system, but something that causes a long construction period. Long construction periods are going to be deadly for people that do quick turn deals in the next 12 to 14 months. One other thing that I should point out just in this quick turn environment is that the cost of doing these deals is going up, right? Because interest isn't just going up for retail buyers. Interest is going up for fix and flippers too, right? Hard money lenders are charging more. Banks are charging more. Your lines of credit went up. So with all of this, like everything is kind of getting squeezed, right? And this is why, again, going back to what's 2023 all about? 2023 is all about survival and positioning yourself for 2024 because margins are getting squeezed everywhere. And by the way, this isn't necessarily just a real estate thing. This is kind of across the board in the entire economy. Yes, there are some exceptions, but businesses are getting squeezed right now. It's getting tougher to be profitable, right? So I talked about septics and why septics, because septics take a long time. Septics are the type of repair that you might think is going to be four months and it could turn out to be seven months. Septics are the type of repair that you might budget 25000 and they might be 40000 So we just all have to be very, very careful. Again, septics is just one example. It's an example that has been challenging for us in the past couple of years. And it's something that we're you know, very, very cautious about moving forward. Hey everyone, this is Tom Caffarella. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast to number one, thank all of my loyal listeners of the Agent Investor Podcast and tell you guys really quickly about an exciting event we have coming up. Uh, It's a two-day event. It's called the Passive Income Real Estate Investor Event um, that you can find out more details at PassiveIncomeEvent.com. We're going to be doing a two-day training session teaching all of the agents and all of the investors at the event on how to achieve financial freedom through real estate. If you're like me and your goal is to not work 80, 100 hours a week grinding, selling real estate, flipping homes, um, definitely check out this event. We're going to teach you how to build a passive income portfolio so that you can retire, so that you can work when you want, how you want, and ultimately achieve financial freedom. So again, go to PassiveIncomeEvent.com for more details. And we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming event. The next category of houses that are losing money on quick turns are funky, funky properties. Okay? Now, what do I mean by funky properties? 
um, if you are a residential retail agent, what you have seen over the past two or three or four years with inventory being so low if you, is, is you've seen buyers make exceptions, okay? So in the past couple of years, if we got the opportunity to buy a house kind of like on a main road, which is just one example of, of funky, um, in, in years past, being on a main road could be a very negative thing, could cause the property to sit. It could cause the price to be much lower. But what we saw in the past couple of years, and I'm going to give you guys some examples of things that make stuff funky. But what we've seen is that buyers were overlooking funky in the past couple of years. They were going, oh, yeah, it's on the main road, but it has everything else. And they were doing that with a lot of things. Okay, I'm going to talk about some of those funky things now. But you know them. You're all in real estate. You're all retail agents. And you know how your buyers were talking and looking. Your buyers now are taking a completely different approach with more inventory to choose from and less motivation, right? Because when there's a 7% interest rate attached to the property, your buyers are a lot less jumpy to be like, hey, I need that deal because I can't get another deal two months later. Okay, right or wrong, that's just kind of the mindset that's out there right now. So you want to be thinking about stuff like that if you're going to take ownership to these properties, right? If you're going to buy a property that's on a main road, you want to think about it. You may want to budget in extra holding time. You may want to budget in a lower sale price, okay? So some other examples, you know, of funky, just to kind of like throw that word out there. And again, you're all in this business. So you would probably understand these types of things better than I would. Things like low ceilings, right? Low ceilings are another example of something that we used to be really, really hesitant on. And then we did a couple of deals where they were kind of low ceilings and people overlooked them and they just overlooked them. And it wasn't an issue. So we did a couple more. And so we just kept going, right? So you just kept saying, well, inventory so tight, low ceilings are less of an issue. Same exact kind of thing with weird, funky layouts, right? So not every three bed, two bath is created equally. But in from 2020 to the beginning of 2022, they kind of were. It kind of didn't really matter if one of the bedrooms was a little bit smaller or if the layout was a little bit funky, you know, it's just like, okay, it's a three bed, two bath. That's what the buyer needs. That's what they're going to get into. So for those of you who are sitting on the line right now, any other type of funky properties that you guys have been a part of, whether it was selling a property that's not selling as quick as it could have a couple of years ago, or your buyer passing up properties that they would have passed up before. Do me a favor, type into the chat section any type of funky situations or funky properties that have been a change from years past where either you're having a tougher time selling it or your buyer is passing on it where in years past they may not have. Type into the comment section. I'm just curious to see, you know, what other types of examples you know, that I've missed. Okay. Now, with that being said, we talked, you know, pretty much all, you know, about quick turn. Now I do want to talk, you know, a little bit about buy and hold, because when we talk about investing, there's really two types of investing. Um, there's quick turn where you're fixing and flipping a house, you're assigning a deal, you're, you know, you're, you're basically getting rid of a property pretty quick, but then you also have long-term buy and hold. And long-term buy and hold is definitely undergoing a similar shift. And again, this goes back to surviving and not necessarily being super aggressive in 2023. So one thing um, that's interesting that I think, um, you know, I kind of, you know, make the mistake sometimes analyzing um, but was on the Mike Simonson Altos Research podcast 
and I've also been seeing now a lot. Has anybody seen, you know, reports out there that rents are falling? And not falling dramatically, but but has anybody seen any reports out there where rents are falling? It's kind of interesting because um, you would automatically think, you'd automatically think that if people are not buying, that they have to rent. And a lot of times when um, when we think about economic things, we always, not we, um, many of us, including myself, we tend to think of things in very simplistic uh, terms. We tend to think something along the lines of, okay, if buyer can't buy, they therefore have to rent. But that's actually not necessarily the case, right? That's not necessarily the case. There are a lot more variables to it, right? Somebody may not have to rent. They may still live with their parents. Or they may decide that instead of renting um, a very expensive two-bedroom property that they're going to live in by themselves, they may decide that they're going to live with three other roommates. So with, with inflation costs going up, with job losses starting, with people being nervous about the economy, um, what they talked about in Alto's research, which, which I do agree with, and they've studied, so they've studied this way more than I have, but rents and ranks in real estate prices have tended to go kind of in tandem. Um, like when when rental prices, when when property prices go up, ranks tend to go up. And that is more of a correlation based on the mindset of people at that time. So if you were just going to go back like six months ago, which is like the absolute pinnacle, like the spring of 2022, was the absolute pinnacle of like the rental, right? When people were literally like bidding on rentals. Like I've never seen that before, never heard of that before. But say that a property was going to rent for 3000 people were bidding 3300 to get that rental. What you kind of saw just in general with housing across the board, whether it was rentals or, or buying, was just like a frenzy to lock down something with people that felt very good about their financial situation. People had savings. People had a job. People were quitting jobs because they felt so confident that they could get their next job. People were getting raises, um, you know, and they were really, really being aggressive, whether it was rent or owning because of the state of the economy. And again, so what we're starting to see now, we're actually starting to see ranks dip a little bit. Now, do I think ranks are going to dip a lot? Personally, no. I think that actually real estate prices are going to dip more than rents. But if I'm somebody, again, who's saying, what should I be doing in the next 12 to 14 months? I'm thinking about being a little bit more conservative because of a couple of different reasons. Number one, I think there are going to be some incredible buying opportunities on the buy and hold side. So we have not had incredible buying opportunities on the buy and hold side. In fact, we've had terrible buying opportunities on the buy and hold side, almost nationwide. And I think that stuff is going to start to change, right? And I think there are going to be some great deals coming up. When? I don't know. But in addition to the fact that I think that there are going to be some great deals coming up, you also have potentially ranks falling a little bit. But worse than that is what is likely going to happen with kind of the political environment if there are job losses and if there is pain. So this is a state-by-state state thing for sure. Um, I know that probably 80% of my listeners are in the Northeast where we have pretty unfavorable you know, tenant-landlord laws. They're, they favor the tenant much more than the landlord. And if there starts to be some more pain in the economy, being able to evict tenants is going to be a lot harder than it normally was. And, and in the Northeast, it's hard always. So again, when it comes to buy and hold, I think there's going to be some great opportunities for those who are patient. And I don't see any reasons to really like jump in. 
So I think there are going to be some landlords that are going to lose money. I think there are going to be some, you know, I don't want to call them rookie because anybody can lose money on any deal. But I think you're going to start to see some people that, you know, as they say in the investing world, when the tide comes comes back out, you start to see who's swimming naked. And I think you're going to see quite a bit of that kind of, you know, moving forward. So those things can be made by rookies. They can be made by smart people. But I think we're going to see, you know, a lot more of that. Um, somebody wrote. Down here in Florida, we have tons of super low-quality homes that have two-by-four rafters, rafters and are all basically mobile homes. They were all flying off the shelves but are now sitting. Somebody said, let's see, prices and rents grew at a very unsustainable rate. wasn't possible to keep going. No, absolutely not, um, for sure. Somebody said that they're seeing renters offer lower prices and taking more time to decide. Uh, the rental market doesn't feel as hot as it was recently. And, and again, no, it's not going to be. And that's why, again, you know, going back really to the beginning, you know, statement that I made, it's like, I always want to be aggressive. I always want to be aggressive. I always want to double and triple. And if you read, you know, Grant Cardone, you want to 10X and, you know, just go really, really fast because that's exciting and it's fun. But I don't think that this next 12 months is really going to be be the time to do it. With all of that being said, um, you know, I would just, you know, use some caution, use some, um, you know, just double and triple check more, more than you used to. Um, for those of you who are in the inner circle, you know, we review any investment deal that anybody in the inner circle is thinking about buying or assigning. Uh, we review any deal that people are thinking about buying and holding. If you guys um, have not signed up to learn more about the inner circle, I would recommend doing that. You can do that. Um, I host a session a week on the inner circle where I also kind of delve into each person's, you know, individual real estate specific scenario. You can book a day in time at www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Again, that's www.agentinvestor.com innercircle.com. And um, you guys all know, right, that I'm I'm a real estate coach. I'm a real estate mentor. I've mentored hundreds of agents over the course of my career. Um, I earn my money, you know, at all points in the market, but I really earn my money when the market's shifting because really this is the time, you know, more than anything else where you just want to be absolutely, you know, very, very careful about what you're doing. Um, again, everyone wants to move 100 miles an hour, but sometimes the best thing to do is to is to sit. Um, you know, at, I'm always about, you know, telling people to take action, but there's action that can kind of be taken that's bad. So we want to make sure that you're not just taking action, but that you're taking the correct action. So with all of this being said, um, does anybody have any questions on anything that I covered? Um, this was a little bit quicker in my normal live streams, I'm happy to, you know, stick around and answer any questions that you guys have. If you do have any questions, type them into the chat box and I'm happy to answer. Um, and if you guys want to learn more about the inner circle, about our coaching program, go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. And if you're not yet registered for the event coming up in just two days, make sure that you register for the event. Um, you know, we've got probably room for a few more people. Um, I absolutely think that if you guys have the ability to take two days out of your life, you're going to be very happy that you did so. It's going to be myself, my team. We're doing a bus tour of um, our 19-unit new construction apartment building in Wakefield, Mass. And we're going to cover you know a wide you know variety of topics. We're going to be talking about how to select an investment vehicle. Um, we're going to be talking about you know, what advantages agents have over other investors and how to capitalize on them. We're going to teach you how to get investing deals from your SOI, how to raise capital from your SOI, how to do deals with no money down. We're going to have an agent investor success panel where we have a bunch of other real estate agents um, that have utilized these agent investor principles and had success. I had an amazing deal that I just found out about yesterday, no, two days ago, from two people that are in my real estate brokerage, um, where the where the combined 
assignment profit, and this is no exaggeration, was $500,000. And I said to them, and it, it kind of made me a little bit sad, was that um, I've never assigned or wholesaled a property for $500,000. And those two guys are actually going to be on the panel uh, on Friday morning at the agent investor event. So somebody said, where do you see foreclosures going? So foreclosures are going to go up. Here's the thing, though, um, with foreclosures. And like foreclosures is one of these things where um, they take so much longer than whatever you would anticipate. So one thing that we know that the banks learned from the last downturn, the banks absolutely learned. I don't know how much money, definitely billions of dollars. Even if somebody stopped paying their mortgage right now, they wouldn't even get foreclosed on for 18 to 36 months anyways. So foreclosures will not be a story in 2023. It may be a story in 2024. It's potentially possible that foreclosures will not be a story at all in this cycle. And the reason for that is that banks may just do that banks may try to do more loan modifications. Um, in the last cycle, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, banks were very, very anti doing loan modifications. And then they did a bunch of them and they worked. But banks started doing loan modifications towards the end of the last cycle. Um, so the, the thing there is that there may not be foreclosures even if people start to get behind on their mortgage. Um, but even if there is, it's not going to happen soon. So again, foreclosures will not be a thing in 2023. Um, and I wouldn't bank on you know seeing any of them anytime soon because they just can't, the timing isn't there. Uh, somebody said, uh, let's see. So move cautiously or wait it out. Well, this is the thing. This is why, um, you know, the inner circle is so valuable because I am giving a lot of general guidance today, right? When I'm, when I'm talking to whatever it is, 30 to 40 people on a live stream, I don't know who I'm talking to. And in fact, even as you guys are typing these questions, the software that I'm using only shows me Facebook user. We, we, we use a five-step process. And the first couple steps of the process are to identify where you're at today, where your skills are at, where your resources is at, where your capital base is at, where your investing experience is at, and then where do you want to go 10 years from now? So the whole thing about you know, you know, achieving success is you have to bridge the gap between where you're sitting today and where you want to go 10 years from now. And so for every person, it's a little bit different. And I hesitate because whatever I say as a general thing is going to generally be accurate. But then someone's going to tell me something about their specific situation. And the guidance that I would give is going to be a little bit different because everyone's situation is a little bit different. So we're talking about like, you know, should you wait it out? I can promise you that there are going to be a couple people that I talk to that the answer is going to be yes, you should wait it out and focus on building these systems during the next six months. I can guarantee there are going to be some people that I talk to that it's like move cautiously, but take these steps. And then there are going to be some people that we're going to say, okay, move faster, but again, stay away from X, Y, and Z. So it's um it's too general of a question for me to answer specifically. And it's a question I would love to answer on that inner circle call, which you can sign up for literally right now at www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. So somebody said um, expires on non-owner occupied properties. If they are still motivated, maybe for cash offers. Okay. This is a great question. This is, again, like why the inner circle is so valuable, because I actually got this question from an inner circle member the other day. And they said to me, they said, hey, Tom, like I've been, you know, plugging into all the inner circle stuff. I got started. I, I started calling expireds. Um, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Well, who 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 told you to call expires? Who told you to call expires? And they're like, well, yeah, I'm calling Fizbo's and expires. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. Um, so by definition, what is an expired telling you? By definition, an expired is telling you that I won't even reduce my price low enough to sell on the MLS. Okay. And expired is literally telling you that they are saying, I won't even because because every expired has an agent behind the expired that is telling them you need to reduce your price. Right. In almost every case, there's an agent that has had four, five, six conversations that said, Mark exchanged, you need to lower your price. And then behind that, you have another, you have the seller who's saying or thinking, no, no, market hasn't changed. And it's your fault that, that the house hasn't sold. That's the that's the bulk of expires. So when you call expires for investment deals, you will get a lot of sellers excited to hear from you. Oh, yeah, this is exactly what's wrong with my what's wrong with my agent. They weren't taking calls. They weren't promoting my property the right way. Then you're going to come out. You're going to make that offer on that expired listing. And they're going to be like, F no. Like I wouldn't even reduce my property on the MLS. Um, expireds are absolutely um, not the way to go to get investment deals. Someone said still closing out deals from the last foreclosure crisis on a regular basis. Can't have a new foreclosure flood until the last one is cleaned up. Yeah, and you know the the foreclosure thing too. Um, again, I can't see it. all it tells me is Facebook user. I'm curious to know you know what market you're in, but Every market's a little bit different and, and states are state by state, it's different. So in Massachusetts, good luck foreclosing on somebody. There are other states that are a little bit more aggressive, allow you know more aggressive action to be taken. So foreclosures haven't been a thing in Mass, New Hampshire for a while. Like they haven't been relevant for a while. Um, but that doesn't mean in other parts of the country that there aren't still some areas that they, they have foreclosures in. But um, in order to get great deals, foreclosures probably aren't going to be the way to get them in the next 12 to you know 18 months. But all of this stuff, I'm talking so much about economic things. Economic stuff is very fluid. Right. I could give you a bunch of scenarios right now. And again, this is why, like, if you guys haven't, you know, booked a call for the inner circle or if you're not coming to my event, you're, you're flat out. You're missing the boat because you guys are going to get the most up to date information on, on all of this stuff um, and the right strategies and the right tactics for today's market. Um, but I could give you scenarios that could change in the next 60 days that are going to change what I'm saying right now. One, the biggest one that could change um, is if the Federal Reserve pivots and, and drops interest rates or even just changes the guidance that they're going to be a little bit less aggressive on raising interest rates. There is definitely a lot of people out there that are looking at what the Federal Reserve is doing and people on Wall Street that are betting that there's going to be what we call a Fed pivot or a change in their aggressiveness. If that happens, and, and what could prompt that? Well, you know, interest rates going like way higher could prompt that. Um, job losses could prompt that. A very a much lower inflation report can prompt that. So almost everything that I just said will change if mortgage rates go back down to 5%. Because buyer demand would probably snap back in an instant. If mortgage rates went back to five or four percent, or God forbid, even three percent, you know, who knows what would happen? So all of this stuff, obviously, it, it it truly does change. It doesn't typically change overnight, but it's why you want to be plugged into somebody like me who keeps in tune with all this stuff and is feeding you the right information. Now, again, I know that most of the listeners, you guys are all agents, you're in the business. But not all of you are processing the same amount of investment transactions that we, that we are, my company is, and also connected with other investors across the country that are dealing with this. Because other parts of the country are facing, you know, different, uh, that we're all facing similar 
dynamics, but they're happening a little bit differently. You know, areas like Phoenix or San Francisco, like those markets have already dipped 10% in prices, right? If you if you guys saw the, the latest Case-Shiller index that came out, like Boston right now, and this is not correct because this is a lagging uh, statistic, right now it shows that Boston is only down 1%, which is not true. I can tell you it's not true from the offers we're accepting on our flips. And it's showing like areas like Phoenix, like down closer to 10%. In reality, you know, Boston is probably almost down like five or 7%. And areas like Phoenix are, are probably down more than 10% because the Case Shiller Index only reports closed transactions. What we're seeing on the front lines, and you guys are all seeing on the front lines, is what's the activity at the open houses? What are the offers being made or not being made? after the first open house. And that's the stuff that, again, you know, we report to you guys why, you know, you should at a minimum tune into what we're talking about, what I'm talking about at least once a month. So you guys can get all the information that you need to make the correct investment decisions and to provide the right guidance to your clients. Um, so with all that being said, guys, I really, really hope that as many of you as possible Sign up for that agent investor inner circle call. And I hope that we can get a couple more people at the event. Um, we are anticipating there being um, somewhere between 300 and 400 agents. Man, you guys are shifty. I'm trying to nail all you guys down. And I know that there's a lot going on. And obviously, you are all self-employed and you work for yourself and things come up. But we're trying to nail down the exact number as best we can. We know there will be somewhere between three and 400 people there. It's going to be uh, one of our bigger events that we've had. I'm super excited to be there. Um, someone said, how cold is it? Is it there? It's in like the 50s and 60s. And, and actually, let me check. We, we have had, I don't want to say unusually warm weather, but pretty good weather. Yeah, it's going to be 63 and Friday is going to be 69. So I take that back. Unusually hot weather for Boston right now. So that's about as best you can get. So for those of you who are, are who are going to be flying here, you're going to be in for a treat. So again, guys, we'll be back again next week, but I hope to see as many of you guys in person as possible. Um, it's two days away at the Doubletree Hotel by Hilton um, in Danvers, Massachusetts, which is about 15 miles north of Boston www.agentinvestorevent.com. And I'll see you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in and sticking on so long. I saw so many people that did not drop off and I greatly appreciate it. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.